everybody. It is me, Gina Marie, co-founder of Mixed in the Six. And you are tuning in to the Mixed in the Six podcast, sharing stories and building community with my fellow mixed people. Welcome. This is the Next in the Sick podcast bonus episode. And today we're going to talk about wellness. Wellness specifically for BIPOC, which is Black, Black Indigenous People of Color. So yes, we are mixies, of course, but many of us are also fall into the category of people of color. And so we really want to talk about this topic, especially now everyone's still in lockdown to some degree. And you know, we have to be thinking about our wellness, self-care, how to get through these times, how to take care of ourselves so we can come out the other end better. So that's what we're here to talk about today. And we have a panel of incredible ladies with us. So I want to introduce you to Robin LaCambra. She's the founder of Good Body Feel Movement Studio and the Good Body Feel Movement Method. She's also the host of her own podcast, Empowered Embodiment Podcast. And she's an empowered embodiment educator, blending Pilates, yoga, and mindfulness. And she shares these practices from an anti-oppression, trauma-aware, and eating disorder-informed framework. Welcome, Robin. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor to be here with you folks. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. And I'm Gina, the co-founder of Mix in the Six and also one of the co-hosts today. I get to introduce uh, our next two guests. First, we have Andriana Crawford, who is the founder and behind the Black Yoga Society, which is a nonprofit aimed providing POCs with the knowledge and services in wellness and health. It's also like a directory and a community of Black wellness providers, including yoga instructors and healers connecting for practice. And you are also a yoga instructor, meditation teacher, and astrology master. Welcome. Thanks for <laughs> yeah. having me. I saw this in our stars. <laughs> stars have aligned. Stars have aligned today. I'm happy to be here. And we have Jasmine Trotman, who is our very good friend and member of the Mix in the Six community, also a yogi, but also a yoga teacher in training. And you are currently in your training in vinyasa practice. And we're happy to have you here as well, Jasmine. Happy to be here. Thanks. Awesome. So we're so glad to have this panel of women here today. So I wanted to kind of introduce the topic with a little food for thought. Um, I was doing my research as I usually do. My name is Michaela. I just realized I didn't introduce myself. I'm the producer of the podcast. And uh, Gina and I are doing a lot of these bonus content episodes together. So I was reading, there's this website called theeverygirl.com. It's basically a lifestyle website. And I really love the POV because it's very much from a person of color standpoint. A lot of the articles are written by women of color and I really appreciate it. So this article is about the lack of POC and wellness. And it's by a woman named Charisma Madarang. She's a Filipino woman. And she says the wellness industry has been historically homogenous and, well, white. And if you're a woman Googling tips on self-care, mental health, you'll find books, articles, and endless resources written for and by white women. On Instagram, a quick hashtag wellness search propagates a feed dominated by images of white women caressing smoothie bowls, meditating, and doing yoga on the beach. 
And she's also a beauty editor and a wellness editor. And she's saying that within her time in these roles the last five years, she's been the only person of color in her team meeting. And only a handful of people of color come to the international conferences that she participates in as a wellness representative. She's just really aware of and concerned about the lack of representation of people of color in the practitioner role as well as the participant role. And she says, as a person of color, does the lack of representation make people feel unwelcome, othered, and unseen in the wellness world? I kind of wanted to, I mean, I feel like you will have lots to say about this and anyone can just jump in and kind of talk about what you think about maybe why there's such a lack or such a underrepresentation of people of color, women of color as practitioners as well as participants in wellness in general and if you want to speak about yoga specifically. I think accessibility is one of the main reasons why there's not too many POC within the wellness space. A drop in yoga class is what, $25? And when your focus is on, you know, just surviving to get by, you're not going to be like, let me pay $25 to go to yoga studio when I need to pay my phone bill. So I think accessibility is a big thing about it. And that's also why there's probably not too many teachers because I've been doing yoga for about 10 years and I just became a teacher within this year. And that's because it costs $3,000 to do yoga teacher training. Thankfully, now there's online options where you could do it for about $500 or there's so many more options to get, you know, people of color within the yoga space as teachers. So there's more affordable options, but that only came to the point of there being a pandemic. So there are these options. So I think it's just the price is really hard. So it's not very accessible if you don't have too much disposable income. And I also think, as you said, or as the article said, you know, when you go on Instagram, you just see, you know, white women on the beach doing yoga with very specific body types. They ain't showing curves. They ain't showing people with bigger body types. And they ain't showing people of different colors. So if you don't really see yourself represented in that space, you're going to struggle to feel like you belong or even going to yoga studios and being the only black person in your class. You know, you really, you feel it. You feel like, should I not be in this space? Like people giving you side eye and stuff. Like you definitely feel it. You feel like, you know, not welcomed. So I definitely think there's many factors as to why there aren't too many POC within the space. Yeah, I agree completely. And I'm originally from Toronto, born and raised in Toronto. And then I moved to Hamilton a few years ago. And one of the first things that I did when I moved here was look up the yoga studio options here. And every single studio was all white, right? Like yoga and wellness, so white. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to, because then the microaggressions I expose myself to by entering all white faces when I just want to be in my practice and I just want to like feel good and at home in my body while I have the othering gaze on me it doesn't feel like something I want to pay 20 plus bucks to do it's like oh here let me give you my money so that you can be covertly racist towards me not to say that the studios in Hamilton are racist if y'all are listening I'm not saying that but maybe (laughs) Um, so when I started teaching in Hamilton I knew that I wanted to not be in the studio space not be in a traditional studio setting because I wanted 
wanted to reach people that looked like me and had the same needs as I did. So like barrier to access is the intimidation factor of being in the studio and then barrier to access like Andriana shared like the actual financial cost of it. So I did pay what you can classes in very random places like in a cafe or at an art gallery or at a clothing shop at a smoothie bar and we just push tables aside. And I thought because I'm a person of color, because I'm doing pay what you can classes and because I'm doing it outside of the studio setting that I would attract more POCs to my classes. And for the most part, it was still largely white folks attending my classes. And I was like, what am I missing? Like I'm the person on all of my marketing materials. You can literally pay nothing to come to this class. I thought I was addressing as many barriers to entry as possible. And then finally, when I set up my studio space, I hosted an exclusive workshop just for BIPOC. And it was advertised as such, obviously, like BIPOC only. And 30 folks showed up. This studio was filled with 30 people of color and majority of them were Black women. And I was like, where the fuck have y'all been? I've been here for a year. I've been like hustling for a year trying to get y'all to my classes. Like literally, where have you been? And one of the things that they brought up was the trust factor of entering spaces. Like so often folks of color are and especially Black women, not to speak to a Black woman's experience, but this is the information I received from them at the workshop, is that they're betrayed and we are betrayed by spaces all too often, where we think we found a thing and then it exposes us to harm or, yeah, microaggressions or covert or overt racism. And yeah, so that's when I realized like, oh, exclusive spaces are necessary. Like they are necessary for safer spaces. So I think that's another one too, is that more and more spaces Spaces need to acknowledge that folks who are marginalized need their own space where they feel like, okay, I can start to gain trust and build that bridge of trust, knowing that my body won't be othered, at least in this hour, because I will be surrounded by other people who I don't have to explain or justify my needs to, right? And so I think that's another one is like, yes, there's financial barrier, there's the representational barrier, there's the intimidation barrier of the studio, and we need our own spaces. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I really relate to, I mean, Andriana, you spoke a bit to it as well. Sometimes I have a little bit of an, not the issue with accessibility, but I also get very concerned with the idea that the stereotype that Black people can't afford things, because that's not true. I can afford things, but I choose not to pay $25 to be in a class where I don't feel safe. And it took me like really a really long time to figure out that's what it was. By myself, yoga has been really helpful to me. Like when I'm, you know, if I use a YouTube video or or actually right now, Gina and I are in a, a private yoga class together and we do it virtually. It's not perfect, but it's like, it's not the same as paying money out of your pocket to go to a class, which I would only do if I was invited by a friend and they were like, oh, please, please, please come. And then I would always have this same feeling at the end where it's like, God, I don't feel good. This doesn't feel good. I feel like I'm being stared at. I feel like I don't look like these people. I feel like, and I'm also very spiritual. So I tend to go to these yoga classes that are around based around spirituality versus like athleticism. And it would just be like, and it's not even necessarily directed at me, but the experience I had was that the room was full of a bunch of ladies who weren't very loving towards each other. It was like, you know, my Lululemon cost more than your Lululemon and or I'm more spiritual than you are and there's a lot of bragging and there's a lot of posturing before the class at the end of the class and I just was like I can't do this 
And then for a long time, I was like, Mm-mm, yoga, no, thank you. And I thought it was yoga, but it wasn't yoga. It was the experience I was having. And I was also telling Gina this morning, or it was recently, one of the last few days, it is very hard for me to do shavash- the Shavasana in the way it's designed because I have a big ass. And my back and my ass don't touch the ground at the same time. I have to lift my knees because it hurts. It literally hurts. And like, I just feel like there's no space for that. Like, I just feel different. I'm the only one that can't do it or whatever. And it just feels yucky. So for a long time, I was like, I am a no to yoga. I'm 100% a no. And other things like spin classes and things like that, where I have this thing experience. Um, But yeah, so yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because that's been my experience. And it took me a really long time to figure out that that's why I was so averse. Like, it wasn't just like, I don't know if I want to go, but almost like I feel stressed to go to something that's supposed to benefit me. So thank you for that. Jasmine, did you want to say anything from like your perspective as mixed lady of, you know, several cultures inside of you that might be any experiences that you're having or have had in the wellness space? Yeah, if I can jump on what you said, Michaela, about not feeling like you belong. But as we see, like, you kind of call it like colonization, of yoga because it's not really supposed to be about that about what body you are because yoga is for everybody and everybody so it's kind of crazy as i've been going through the yoga teacher training it's not all about like all the instagram pictures you see about the yoga postures and everything like that it's about making people feel inclusive in terms of how you address them and how you present modifications for different postures It's not about how you look. You have to go into it about your mindset, really. And everything like that we see on Instagram and stuff, it's just kind of like making yoga what it's not supposed to be about. Yeah. Thank you, Jasmine. We bring up a a really important point is that, you know, yoga with its roots in India and Asia, like yoga isn't racist. It's really like a practice that welcomes everyone. And it's for all humans to raise our vibration, not just like to become more physically well, and flexible and strong, but also spiritually connected. And I'm glad, really glad that you brought that up because there has been that disconnection when yoga kind of came over into the Western world. It became more about physical aspects and less about a spiritual practice. And I see that changing in the community gradually that it's less about, you know, being super flexible and like, you know, like again, like the pretty white woman wearing the Lululemons, but more around like really connecting and feeling safe in your body and feeling safe in these spaces. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mix in the Six podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you do, do not forget to subscribe, comment, and share the love to keep bringing more stories, insights, and cool perspectives from the mixed community. And if you or someone you know is a fellow mixie and want to share your unique story and are up to awesome stuff, we want to hear from you for a potential feature. Look below in the show notes for more info. Much love to you and see you soon.